All right, welcome back. Happy Tuesday. Um, we have an awesome show today and hopefully a good interview coming up Thursday. How you doing, Joey? Oh, Monday, man. <laughs> you know, that's all I think that's all we got to say on uh, on how everyone's feeling today. It's been a slow Monday, but that's okay because the weekend will be here before we know it. It's true. Now, I got some positive news. So as I was I was catching up, I was like, all right, what are we going to talk about first? And Pretty much everything led me to the same thing. The general theme of this weekend was pay raises. Like pretty much everything I saw was all these big companies increasing their payments to their workers because they quite literally cannot find any workers. And I think that's overall a pretty good thing. I mean, by all numbers, wages have lagged for the past 20 years or so. And, you know, you could take either side of that argument. And there's, you know, there's the super hardcore capitalist side, which is... Well, people are going to work for whatever you give them, and uh, it doesn't justify decreasing the bottom line. Or you can go in the total opposite direction and say, well, we need to pay people more for X, Y, Z, human rights reasons, etc. Or I think you can meet in the middle and basically say the market has dictated what we need to do, and it's working out. Yeah, I agree. I mean, hey, increased wages is a good thing, I think, all around. Um, As inflation happens over time, You know, corporate jobs give their employees pay raises of, what, 2% every year. And the fact that that hasn't trickled down to other essential jobs in our society, like waiters and waitresses and um, other positions, is is a good thing now that that these people are seeing a little bit of an increase in wages. And hopefully that encourages the public to go back to work, because I think I just saw on the news 10.5 million new jobs have been created so far uh, this year. And just not enough people to work those jobs. Yeah, I think I think you can measure that by like ten different ways, though. I mean, whenever I hate those, I hate those big headlines that are like, "There's seven million workers need work and nine million jobs available." And I'm like, "Well, but you're probably miscounting somewhere along the lines." And some of those things probably just don't line up. So I have a funny anecdote. I was uh, I was talking to my buddy who works at a he works at a an inter, it's an international bank that has a base here. And I was like, hey, he's like, you know, you staying? And he said, yeah, but if they don't promote me this year, I'm definitely leaving. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, they should value more. He used to own a bunch of his own businesses. He was an entrepreneur, did his thing. And I said, you know, the, you know, the corporate umbrella is super nice to have. And he said, yeah, but when you work for yourself, you can pay yourself whatever you want. And I was like, yeah, it's true. If you have a half successful business model, you're probably paying yourself more than you need to be paid. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. And, you know, it's funny you bring that up because I was just watching Shark Tank the other day and they asked someone how much money they were taking out of their company to pay themselves and when they replied and were like, uh, yeah, I'm taking out, you know, a couple hundred grand. And they were like, well, that's why you're making no money as a business. Yeah, well, it's so easy. If, you, if there's a million in revenue facing you and you're like, OK, I literally get to decide how much of this is profit because my my biggest expense is employees and I am employee. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yep. Hey, human capital. I love probably it. Probably the biggest expense, I would imagine. Well, you know, you got rent as a, up there as a as a real estate guy. I'm always I'm always mindful of the whole rent situation. <laughs> That's true. You have much more knowledge about the real estate market than I do. Oh, I was knowledge. actually just looking today. Um, new venture I'm interested in being an owner of an Airbnb property to do short-term rentals with you and quite literally the whole rest of the world. Good luck. Yep. Hey, it's in the back pocket. Nothing, nothing to move on right now, but if ever a rainy day falls upon me and I need money, I will invest in rental properties. There you go. Well, look, so I'll, <laughs> I'll pitch you what I've been, what I've been saying for a while. And I, I quite literally have no numbers to back this up. This is just me kind of looking at what's happening and saying, I think this is what's happening. I don't know. So 
everyone's like, you can't find houses. Houses are impossible to find. Rental properties are through the roof. Everyone's overpaying 300% for blah, 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 blah. It goes on forever. And I was like, look, okay. We have gotten a little confused here, I think. I think we have we have talked ourselves into that there's more people buying houses than there are. I think it's these large, massive investment companies like Black, the Black Rocks of the world, the, these just ginormous investment property companies. They're sucking up all the the Airbnbs, literally, like what you want to do, they buy them by bulk. And so, you know, guys like us can't compete with that. We have to pay market price. If they're buying in bulk, they get to buy the bulk price, which is significantly lower. So I think that there's so much buying and selling on the investment front. It has literally tricked us into thinking there's more people. We have more people to house than we do. I don't think we do. That's a fascinating point. And I don't think enough people are talking about that because I personally have never uh, considered that before. And it, it's so true whenever you think about it. There are so many people out there who would rather buy up three properties and manage them, make a, make a comfortable living opposed to working a nine to five right now. Or, I mean, it's just. We write about that, but I'm talking about like the, the, like the really big players, not, not like your local landlord who owns five or six different holdings. I'm talking about buying them by the quite literally hundreds. Ooh, I didn't even know about that. Oh yeah, no, it's a big thing in Florida too. <laughs> South Florida especially. I mean, the South Florida prices are insane because these companies go in and say there's a thousand Airbnb listings. They're going to put offers on a hundred of them at least. Can't blame them. No, I mean, you can't. Especially right now. And if you look at short-term rentals more than long-term rentals, it, it's almost a safer play, I feel like, due to the recent regulations. And I know they've been changing day by day, but not being able to kick people out who don't pay their rent on your long-term rent. Ah, the moratoriums. Yeah, we probably shouldn't go down that path. That There's a lot going on there. Plus, plus those are yep. changing. So I have- Yeah, it's fluid. We have a, we have a fun left turn that I, I really wanted to talk about. I saw it this weekend. So Amazon, uh, they advertised to me on Hulu, actually. Amazon Key, which I, I, anytime Amazon with a new word pops up, I'm like, oh, what have they done now? What the heck did they invent? So it's a new service and I don't, again, I don't know how it works. I guess you feed them the information and they set up the system in your house so that they can open your garage door remotely, drop your package off inside your garage and then leave and close the garage. So like, I mean, the only real problem with Amazon's business model is that your package can get destroyed by the time you get home to it. This way, that doesn't happen unless you have like a really evil cat or something. So let me get this straight. It gives the Amazon driver's permission to go into your garage? Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's a system they hook up and so they get like a clicker pretty much and that allows them to get in so that they can do in-garage delivery to you so your package is basically confirmed safe. Yeah, I pulled it up right now. I got a 4.6 out of five rating as of February, 2021. So this is obviously not a new thing. Uh, free for Prime members. Wow, okay, so this has been around for a while and I guess I've just missed it. Sorry about that. Uh, driver background checks, camera integration, one-time access to your garage. It's a great idea. I love that. And my first point was going to bring up, you know, safety and peace of mind for your house and the belongings in your garage. But whenever you're talking about cameras and background checks, then um, I think it's a great idea and a great step in the right direction to fight porch piracy, which we've seen become much more prevalent since the start of COVID. Yeah, I love how we've invented new problems to combat all our solutions. Like the, yeah, the stealing packages off and the reporting that you never got it whenever you really did just to get another free one. <laughs> that is so scummy, but like there's a tiny part of you that's like, ooh, ooh, free stuff. Mm, this would be really easy, right? 
Mm-hmm. I'm embarrassed yep. to admit that there is a very, there's like a 1% of my mind, but then the rest of it's like, no, you obviously cannot do that. That's horrible. Very wrong, very unethical. Very wrong. Do not do that. No, definitely not. <laughs> well, Amazon, you've done it again. Every time you find, every time I think that they've run out of ideas, like there's no way they could solve more problems there to do everything, they find a way, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, innovation, they keep driving it forward. Um, I'd like to know who's thinking up all these ideas because I don't know if Bezos himself is coming up with them now. No way. <laughs> but no way. it would be interesting to figure out who the face and brains are behind these. Definitely not. I uh, well, it would be interesting. It's definitely not Jeff. All right, I got another <laughs> yeah. one. I got another fun one. I'm gonna pitch you. So this is a company called Wallspace, but the A in Wall is actually an X. So that's how you spell it. It's a little weird, but it is pronounced Wallspace. It was a guy named Jordan uh, Gia, I believe, up in New York, has started this company. I've actually been in touch with Jordan recently. He seems like an awesome guy. I was going to try to get him working down here in Florida because it's still a Northeastern company. So what they do is they broker the deals between local artists and local commercial real uh, real estate owners who have uh, condos, rental properties, warehouses, offices, etc. And they have the artists do you know, do their work, build a mural on the side, basically on the wall of your property. And the goal is obviously, you know, like community beautification, trying to make everything look better. And my first thought is, holy cow, Jacksonville needs this. Downtown sucks. Like if we had, if half the walls in downtown were covered in awesome art, beautiful murals, we'd have reasons to go there. It would be like a whole new district. That's fascinating. Do you know if there are any cities that have really taken to this? And uh, like, I forget, where'd you say it was based out of? So it's New York or New Jersey, somewhere up in the Northeast. Okay. But I believe they're kind of focused up there. Jordan had mentioned that they had started down in Florida. There was interest. I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hopefully get that project started this week. I think it'd be a lot of fun. But uh, I know that their next goal is they want to be able to, they want to try to quantify exactly how much a mural increases the value of the rental property. And I get why they're doing that. It's so that they can sell the idea better. I don't really know if there's a way to quantify enjoyment, especially if art art is such a subjective thing, but either way, what an awesome project. Yeah, I think a great way to quantify it would be to take a look at, you know, how many posts the mural is getting on Instagram or Twitter or something. Exposure, yeah. Because I know down in Pittsburgh, there are several uh, murals on different walls in the South side or how, um, wherever down in the city have you of just different things like there's butterfly wings on one wall that a lot of girls take pictures in front of oh, like there's the angel a wings in Nashville. Pink, yeah there's a big pink elephant on another wall I know um, there's so many different murals down there and and they do get posted on social media from time to time so it would be cool to to track what an, that's how a many great times idea. yeah I'm gonna suggest to him that uh, the analytics for like uh, Facebook Instagram Twitter stuff like they have great analytics on there and if you can use them you can probably mm-hmm. track that kind of thing the only issue oh, yeah. is I think commercial owners are typically of the older nature and a little less uh, technologically savvy it might be it might be a difficult idea to sell but either way I, I think it's a fun project oh 100 percent yeah and very unique you know probably one of a kind. Right. And it's all about improve. It's adding value, improving your community, which I like, and especially in the problem that we always run into is like when someone comes in, they're thinking dollar signs. They're thinking, I want to build this because it's going to make money. You say, well, look, if you build something to create value because a city needs it, the money comes to you. It, you don't have to fight for it. Like it, if you're improving things, it's going to be very, very easy compared to having to fight and sell your way through it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. And, uh, you know, if it makes communities better as well, as in 
more appealing, bring in more revenue, uh, bring in foot traffic, it all benefits. Right. Think of what happened in Nashville in the last few years. Everyone wants to go to Nashville. Oh. It didn't used to be that way, I can tell you that. But I probably wasn't alive back then. Either way, I mean, you you and I both know it's like people our age in their you know mid to late 20s, Nashville is a hot spot to go, especially if you're getting married soon, throwing a big old weekend, girls weekend, guys weekend, etc. It's a place to go. And I know when people go there, they drop a lot of money. Nashville has become probably one of the most talked about destinations, at least on the East Coast, uh, among 20, maybe 30 year olds. Uh, yeah, constantly I have people telling me they want to go to Nashville or they've been to Nashville and had a great time and definitely spent a lot of money, whether that's on authentic cowboy boots or a cowboy hat. <laughs> Those things are so expensive. You don't realize how expensive good boots are until you try to buy some. It's crazy. <laughs> a couple hundred, I'd imagine. You're dropping at least 300 for a decent pair. And yeah. still, that's not one of the better ones. I would say yeah. like Miami, Savannah, Nashville, are probably the top three of our co of like the coastal, uh, coastal southern. Because I, I mean, you got to throw obviously the northeastern ones, but I know nothing about them. I would defer to you on that. So. My, my top three, Nashville, Savannah, and Miami, definitely. Yeah, if you're in the Northeast, it would definitely be probably Philadelphia, Manhattan. Philly makes sense. Um, and then Boston. Yeah. Boston, Philadelphia, Manhattan. Everyone I would say Boston. Yeah, I would say Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh is almost more grouped <laughs> in with the Midwest, I'm thinking. And uh, we're closer to Cleveland, the Great Lakes, all that. You guys definitely but, don't feel like a Northeastern city every time I'm there. It feels more rural. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's definitely rural. I, that's why I always say, you know, Western PA and uh, Eastern PA are two completely different places, man. Right. And you can't, you can't really govern them like they're the same areas because they're not. They're a hundred. I mean, it's night and day. Sure. Yeah, I mean, North and South Florida the same way too. Entirely different. And even if you went mm -hmm. from one coast to another in Florida, you'll find the culture is in, like, oh God, Fort Myers versus Miami is something else. <laughs> ah, oof, can't believe that. But all right, there's one more thing I wanted to highlight is that Kathy Wood is officially back. She is she is the who's back of the week or the, the last two weeks. So do you know who Kathy Wood is? Enlighten me. So she got really famous. She runs an investment a fund called ARC Investments, and they got really famous over the last year because she made a whole bunch of massive bets on companies that are it, – it's all, she bet on all the big tech like, – no, like the little tech companies – Ah, little big and okay all the tech companies i gotta take that back she bet on all the tech companies and you know if you if you'd watched anything in the markets the past year they did phenomenal in 2020 they if you were betting on them you made a lot of money so she inevitably got really famous and then she dipped her toes and did the whole meme stock thing she was all the meme redditors called her mama kathy and all these things so you have to see the big firms all look at this and they're like who the heck is this lady who's kind of just, a, she's a marketing whiz. She's an absolute genius over the video. But uh, I, I go back and forth. I hate, I hate saying a negative word about anyone, but you look at something like this and you're like, do you know what you're doing? Like it, you're making more money off being a marketing hype person than you are actually investing properly. Like, you, you took a bunch of bets and your funds are all down last time I checked. You just keep profiting because you keep sucking more people in because you're really entertaining. <laughs> I was going to say she's almost crossed that threshold of where you can either be a very reliable market source of information where people watch, you know, where you put your money and that's where all your money comes from, or you can be a personality and drive it that way. And it's almost as if she's crossed over into the personality space where 
it's more or less like we were talking the meme stock people are just flocking to her as a as a signal of hope yeah i think the spin zone is that that's like that's like the only way to success forward i mean elon musk is like the we talk about him too much but he they had a big panel with them two and a couple other people that were all on the exact same wavelength of just absolute personalities you can't turn on tv without seeing something about them or you probably can't open up the wall street journal or anything like that without seeing them but (laughs) the question is always do they really know what they're doing well the easy answer is none of us actually know what we're doing so don't worry about it (laughs) (laughs) hey they must know what they're doing at least a little bit in order to get to where they are today that's true that's true or you know fake it till you make it all right yeah it's true too there's one more i want to go over just because this was a big headline today that i saw that kind of like warmed my heart and then we can touch anything you have left and then i think we'll wrap up a little bit early but this big headline was Mm -hmm. awesome i don't have all the details but it was talking about how there's a large there's basically like a coalition of these schools that are trying to rewrite how we do everything for schooling k through 12. I love seeing when people try to rewrite the education system. We need to. It is so broken. So their biggest changes were, one, grade levels. They're trying to remove grade levels entirely, like just don't even have a number on it. So what they instead do is proficiency levels, which I think is so much better. The problem to solve is kids are graduating. God, any level of school, really. They get out into the real world, and they realize they don't actually know how to function. So instead of saying seventh grade English, you're, you're, you'd be trying to measure, can this kid hold a conversation? Can they keep the conversation going? Can they speak normally and basically just operate in a typical business setting, get things done and get moving? I think that's so much better than reading Romeo and Juliet and trying to decipher what Shakespeare was saying. Who cares about that? I like that a lot. And the, the schooling system definitely does need rewritten or it's changed so in some way, shape or form. It hasn't been changed in hundreds of years i would imagine i don't even know when modern schooling came about but it definitely was every one of them it is depressing like so we did this experiment in college because there i had a couple professors that were you know they were kind of renegade professors they're like we need to change the way we do things Blah, blah blah i'm not your typical professor i'm a cool professor all that stuff but so how they proved this is they're like flip to the back of your textbook that we were forced to make you order mcgraw hill has a contract on these So the school has to go through their learning system. Take a look at the date on the bottom right, 1982. Awesome. You're literally learning something that is 40 years old. (laughs) Yeah. And so much of what's taught in high schools now, it's funny. You learn it one way in high school, and then you go off to college, and they tell you everything you learned in high school was wrong, and you start back at square one. (laughs) Hey, you spend two years unlearning it. Unbelievable. (laughs) I hope this this thing goes through because we're, we're in desperate need. But... I think so many people, especially in our generation, have realized how broken it is. And we have, we're living in the age of information, so we can communicate to each other very quickly. We can share these ideas in the blink of an eye. And if enough people have shared these ideas and we realize there's a need, we will fix it. Gives me a lot of hope in the next 10 years. Yeah, fingers crossed something happens. I mean, it has to. Look at how fast everything in the world changes. And honestly, the schooling system has to be one of the most outdated, longest running pillars of society that there is god it's a mess and it has literally been going forever all right well that's what i've got for you do you have anything else yeah i was just going to mention we talk about space a lot here and uh oh yeah up here today yep i know what you're doing yep go for it prices prices for a commercial flight to space on virgin galactic have been announced 
they are coming in at a whopping $450,000 a seat. All right. So you say whopping, I don't think that's that high. So I was going to say, are we going or? I think, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a massive, uh, okay. So what business are we going to invent and lie to the government, uh, government about so we can take out a fake loan and go to space? <laughs> oh my gosh. We got to think of something. Let's do uh, it. We'll tell them that we need, uh, I, I don't know. We'll call it a business Scout expense. out the moon. And <laughs> yeah. We're going to start mining moon rock. Hey, I'd be down for moon mining. I think that'd be a good time. All right. What do you say was 400 something thousand? $450,000 for, for a city. All right. I mean, seriously, I don't think that's that much to go to the moon. Like I was expecting well over $2 million. I mean, there's plenty of people who could actually, not plenty. There's, there's a handful of people that could <laughs> actually afford that. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. And it, it's almost... I would almost think that that would be something you'd want to spend your money on when you're in your 60s and, you know, you maybe got another 20 years of life left and, I had and you just want to see space thought. before you die. Yep. I think that's going to be our generation's thing. We have Once we have your nest egg set up, you've got your retirement, you're literally going to have a space fund. Like investment advisors, if you're listening to this, you should start putting this into your plans for your clients our age. If, you, if you're getting clients that are 20, 25 to 35, Get working on this. We might want a space fund. We might want our like our last thing to do. I just want to see space. Yeah, check off your bucket list and you know space the final frontier. It'll probably be the last box on there. So check it off before it ends. I love it. <laughs> I really want to go to space one day. All right. Yeah. What else we got? All right. Um, that's about it. I got a quote for everyone here. Oh, um, let me see if now, we got one too. Let me ask you, have you ever heard the speech by a guy named Boz Lerman called Wear Sunscreen? No, I haven't. You got to look it up on YouTube. It's one of my favorite of all time. Uh, one of my high school teachers actually showed it to me, and I still listen to it every now and then. I'll link it but, in the show uh, notes. But, yep. But he said, don't worry about the future or worry, but know that worrying is as effective as trying to solve an algebra equation by chewing bubble gum. The real <laughs> trouble in your life are apt to be things that never crossed your worried mind, the kind that blindside you at 4 p.m. on some idle Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> speaking of idle Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I like that. I, uh, mm. All right. Let's see. What do I have? Okay. I have, I have a fun one. Uh, it's, it's an Oscar Wilde quote. What is a cynic? A man who knows the price of everything and the value of nothing. Bang. <laughs> I love that because, you know, we're big, we're big value podcast over here. <laughs> I was going to say that's me and you. <laughs> the value of nothing. Yeah, I mean, all right. Last thing we'll leave you with, obviously, a thing is only worth what someone else will pay for it. And I hope you enjoy the heck out of your week. Yep, have a great week. We'll talk to you on Friday. See you Friday. See you.